Hey everybody, welcome to another Star Set edition of This Week in Marvel special Age of Ultron podcast. Uh, I am Marvel.com editor Ben Morse. I was just sitting here chatting with my longtime guest. Can you be a longtime guest? <laughs> if, we never leave feels, this, if we never leave this room, yes. Certainly feels that way. We've got Marvel Senior VP Executive Editor Tom Brevoort. We were just discussing the seminal... 1980s police show, Ten Speed and Brown Shoe, which he... The, int- se- the seminal podcast yeah. topic. Which he introduced me to during our, our uh, Avengers vs. X-Men podcast, and I worked into a reference somehow. It was very it was very nicely done. Very nice. We sung the Ben Morse theme song, yep. which you don't get to hear, but is on the tape. You can't. We don't have the rights we could to do, that. We could do special uh, extras. Yep, I told Tom about how my father was, was bullied verbally because of the theme song <laughs> he created. A lot of extras for you guys if you keep listening. Um, you may have noticed... Last week, we did not have an Age of Ultron podcast. Ultron uh, destroyed it. Yes, Ultron wrecked it. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that we actually recorded a, a lovely podcast with Age of Ultron number four. Or thought we did. Or thought we did, <laughs> but our... Technology uh, let yes. us down. Yes. This is our, what we get in the Age of Ultron I'm, for I'm, trusting the machines to gonna, do their job. I'm going to go ahead and blame our intern du jour of that day, who uh, did not know how to operate the machinery. But luckily, we've got Caroline back today. Who's done all our other podcasts? A seasoned vet, an expert in the yeah. off-on switch. Yes, knows how to push the one button that needs to be pushed. Uh, unlike our, our previous engineer, who I will not shame by name. I think they, they they just got over eager and pressed the button twice. So many buttons to make push. sure that it was pressed. Yeah, and that paused everything. Who knows? But. I assure you, it was a great podcast. We're not going to completely rehash everything we went over before. You really would have enjoyed it if you had heard it. Yeah, it was it was something to hear. I, I, I it may have been our finest work. <laughs> we'll probably never live up to it. We're not going to completely rehash. We're it. not even sure we should do this one now. Yeah, oh, it would sure, pale. It would I'm, pale. I'm sure we shouldn't do this one, wow. but we're going to. All right, but uh, that's our commitment no. to the craft. But we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna quickly cover Age of Ultron number four, which came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, Age of Ultron number five, which came out this previous week, and then Age of Ultron number six is out tomorrow. Whoa! Three in a row. That is crazy. So three in one month. How 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 has it been producing at such a rapid speed? I know we had uh, Avengers vs X Men was twice a month, but this is even this is. More. I mean, this is faster, but it had a longer lead time. Mm-hmm. That uh, you know, particularly all the work that Brian Hitch did on it, sure. uh, you know, was all completed before we started coming out. So the first five issues were done well before uh, the first one dropped, mm-hmm. and that's really what enables us to put it out in this uh, tighter time frame. Sure. Uh, and now that we're working up, longer. yeah, now that we're coming up to the end of well, this this week is actually the final Brian Hitch. Yeah, the issue. final the final Brian issue. Although he is not gone completely. Oh really? Yes, there will be some Brian Hitch uh, material in uh, number ten. Oh cool. That's along with many other. Fine artists, yeah, and you will see why that is when we get to number ten. I'm very excited for that. But now, of course, we're coming up on Carlos Pacheco and Brandon Peterson sharing duties. That is correct. As of next week in number six, so uh, and then it becomes more of a traditional release cycle. Well, not traditional in the traditional sense, but in the as of Marvel last two years traditional. <laughs> well, that just means there's only two a month exactly. instead of three a month. Exactly, but. You know, this is also where the tie-ins ramp up a little bit more. Yep. So there is plenty of Age of Ultron virtually every week, right? To uh, keep you enthralled, even when there is no podcast. Though there will always be a podcast <laughs> that will never stop. Um, yeah, I would actually say the Age of Ultron podcast is the only thing that's been delayed thus far about Age of Ultron. <laughs> when you look back at this event, you can that was that was the mistake. That, that was yep. the place. Yep. 
Well, so, I've still got five issues to yeah. screw that up. So let's not I like to think get ahead we, of ourselves. No, I like to think we took the bullet so that <laughs> the book is going to come out on time and with no problem. But let's cast our eyes back to the faraway days of Age of Ultron number four quickly. Uh, two, back two weeks. Yep. A whole two weeks. A lifetime in Age of Ultron release time. An exciting, an exciting period in history. <laughs> yeah. Uh, stuff happened in the world that a I can't remember because it was there. like two weeks ago. And oh, I didn't. I don't pay any attention. I didn't shave all that week. I had a long beard. Some TV shows were on that took the world by storm. Yep. Uh, we movies cried, opened. We laughed, we People loved. did things in the news. Yes. It was exciting, exciting times. It was a great era to be alive. Yeah. The golden days, as we are now <laughs> referring to them. In Age of Ultron number four, we learned via Luke Cage's sacrifice and investigation that Ultron was attacking from the future. Yes, he was. Uh, we learned he is not in the present-day setting of Age of Ultron. Now, what exactly does this mean, and how did Brian Bendis come up with this well, idea? Well, it means that the heroes have to stand around for a long time <laughs> to get old enough to finally be able to punch Ultron in the nose, because he is so far ahead in the future mm-hmm. that uh, they cannot actually reach him. Um, this is an idea, a notion that Brian has had going back to that first arc of Avengers during Heroic Age, where we saw Ultron uh, having taken over the world in contention with Kang mm-hmm. uh, in the future, and they kind of uh, uh, despoiled everything and, and uh, uh, you know, in their, in their uh, conflict. Um, so the idea that Ultron was coming from tomorrow uh, and attacking today, it gave him a place, a platform to strike from where you know the, the Avengers and the other heroes of the, the world really had no way of putting up a defense against his uh, Pearl Harbor-like strike on the world. Uh, And no way to even find him to contend with him because he's actually coming from a place where he's already won. It's a pretty good strategy if you start in the place where you've already won to get to the place where you win. And it's it's interesting you bring up that first Avengers storyline because it's definitely a strategy we've seen variations on in the past from Kang. Um, I'm thinking back to Kurt Busiek's big story he ended his Avengers run. Sure, edited. King Dynasty. Um, the King Dynasty. So it's it, it's a nice way to kind <laughs> of halcyon days of 19, <laughs> 2000. I think it was 2000. Yeah, yeah right around then. Uh, <laughs> Twin towers dotted the skyline of yeah. Manhattan, and <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely it's it, it's interesting because you can kind of loop that back into things Ultron has picked up along the way, not just from his enemies, but from his. Rivals, from sure, Kang from other people, but he is certainly employing the strategy on a level Kang never did uh, with success on the level Kang never quite had. Well, Kang did pretty well in Kang Dynasty. Well in Kang Dynasty, <laughs> he had a lot of people in prison and whatnot. But I mean, Ultron has decimated the yeah, world. There's not a heck of a lot left. Yeah. Although I would re- go, I would recommend going back and reading Kang Dynasty. One of my favorite stories, one of my favorite runs. Oh, thank you very much. Ever, so. Can certainly look that up in trade, and also on Marvel Unlimited. You see how old yeah, I actually crazy. am. You were, you were, but you stopped aging. You took the Infinity Formula <laughs> around then, and you're still. I added that book from the future. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, in the middle of this issue, we have an eight-day time jump. Yes. Um, in part, this is to convey that our heroes are traveling to the Savage Land, where all they're all going to rendezvous. But it's also, you know, it's, it's a narrative device to show that time has passed. Uh, why was this decision made to do a little time jump right in the middle of an issue? Well, I mean, it's only a little time jump, sure. and it really is more to convey the the distance that these characters have to travel and the sort of hardship under which they have to uh, travel it. You know, that typically in comics, 
uh, you know, and in movies and television shows and such as as well, you know, characters can get from one place to another instantaneously. Sure. Um, the TV show Twenty Four was famous for that mm. because their whole structure was the whole season takes place in a day, and yet people would like go to other yeah, places right. in the city or even other states yeah. in the course of you know what was theoretically sixty minutes. And, you know, they just kind of, like, shuffed it until you kind of looked back and went, oh, right, <laughs> look, that was 24 hours. Man, I wish I could do that. Yeah. Um, that sort of stuff happens. It's like Wolverine's day. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, so our, our, our heroes are used to getting in a, a Quinjet or a Blackbird or whatever, or, mm-hmm. you know, a teleportation circle and, and getting to the action immediately. Um, but in a world that's so decimated and devastated and, and uh, uh, destroyed, uh, making a journey from Manhattan to Antarctica takes eight days, yeah. which is still pretty good time sure. when you come right down to it. Sure. Now, like you said, they go to Antarctica, they go to the Savage Land. Now, as we discussed a little bit in the lost Age of Ultron podcast, which we'll never recover, uh, <laughs> the Savage Land is, is, is a bit of a recurring place for Brian. Uh, he used it in New Avengers, in his very first arc. Sure. He used it in Secret Invasion. What about the Savage Land seems to appeal to him, just just as a way to kind of move things around the Marvel Universe? Well, I think, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a big, fun arena unto itself. It's like a little Jurassic Park, you know, in the center of the Marvel Universe where you can have pterodactyls and, and uh, uh, crazy dinosaurs and, and uh, you know, cavemen types and, and, and all this sort of stuff. Um, that you don't normally see. It's also kind of a Marvel Universe landmark that that you know you're in the Marvel Universe when you're in the Savage Land because mm-hmm. nobody else, nothing else, nobody else has that. Sure, uh, it's not uh, uh, you know your typical location in the world. Um, so I just think it's a you know it's a fun locale to kind of set stuff you know in and away and keep it yet in the Marvel Universe but fairly remote. All right, I want to jump ahead to Age of Ultron book five. Five came out this past week. Great issue, and it opens up with I love this opening sequence where we're flashing back once again to just about a year ago, our time, uh, when, or maybe a little more, when Tony Stark finally got the Vision back online. Yeah, it was gone, right after right after Fear itself. Right after Fear itself, he'd been gone since the yeah, right before Avengers versus X Men. Right, and he Vision had been gone off the table since disassembled. Yeah, so since two thousand four. He was literally disassembled. Uh, he was literally disassembled by She-Hulk. Um, and we see Hank Pym, Tony Stark, Reed Richards getting him back online. Now, of course, Brian was the one who brought the Vision. He's the one who yep. got rid of the Vision. He's the one who brought the Vision back at the time. I believe he basically just said, you know, I want to put all the pieces back in place on the Avengers franchise. My question for you, Tom, is Brian was already playing this story then. Oh, yeah. So that was a seed. To get, oh, yeah. He needed the vision back on the table for this. Oh, yeah, and as you can see in the scene, mm-hmm. it's not completely spelled out, but Tony Stark kind of alludes to it fairly concretely. Um, you know, Tony and Reed and Hank didn't put the vision back together and make right. him start working again. Ultron from the future flipped the switch and turned the vision on, and the vision has sort of been unknowingly uh, sort of a sleeper operative here all along, and the vessel through which. Ultron was able to coordinate his strike and, you know, have an agent on the ground in the present while he moves from the future. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got him on the table. They're trying to figure this out. They all talk about him and Vision and everything seems like it should work, but it doesn't work. And then suddenly, like, his eyes pop on and he, you know, gets up. And, yay, the, the Vision is back. And they're all very, very happy about it. But 
they didn't do it. And, you know, it's in the scene immediately thereafter as the heroes are walking through the Savage Land jungle that Tony kind of goes, of course, Ultron did did this. This was all his doing, not, not our doing. Right. Um, and, yeah, that was certainly something that Brian knew he was going to do when we brought the Vision back on uh, on stage in Avengers 19, I think it was. Yeah, somewhere around that. Now, it wasn't, now it's not just a matter of Ultron flipped the switch to bring back on. Was he also actively preventing the Vision from rebooting? Because as I say in the scene, and he's rebooted before. It doesn't make sense that he's still off. I don't know. I, I don't know if I would necessarily go that right. deep into things. Um, but I think Ultron, uh, you know, is the reason that he was able to kind of get back up. Whether Ultron was able to, you know, sort of surreptitiously repair the last uh, of whatever the damage was from the future, mm-hmm. or sort of, you know, reboot him. Uh, using his advanced AI technology, uh, he was really responsible for sort of the resuscitation of the vision. Yeah. Uh, in the same way, he was responsible for the creation of the vision in the first place. Sure. As you mentioned, the next scene, Tony's kind of lamenting. He's talking out loud to himself. He's really upset. Why has this taken? We've seen everyone kind of crack in the series. We've seen Cap, you know, when he was over in the corner, not yep. talking to anyone. Yep. Seen Peter go a little wild, Hawkeye. But Tony consistently seems to be taking this the worst what has happened to the world is that because the world has been kind of undone by technology and that's his thing or is there more to it particularly here with the vision well i think uh you know in this particular case it's a little bit of both Mm -hmm. certainly this is kind of the the tony stark worst case scenario it's it's all the stuff that he himself sort of believes in and work towards a more you know scientifically advanced technologically superior future but the dark side of it, the bad side of it, where you know human beings are kind of crushed underfoot and and gone and wiped out by technology run amok. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is sort of the dark uh, underbelly or dark flip side of what you know Tony Stark is trying to achieve every single day. You know, on top of that, you know, in this particular case, he's kind of been played. He and really Reed and, and Hank, but he's yeah. the one guy that's there. Sure, were really played by Ultron. That that the Vision got back up. And they didn't really question it that much. They were so pleased, so happy to have their friend back that they they let it go without really figuring it out. Uh, and that, you know, let Ultron have his foothold here to be able to come down and strike. Um, so in a way, you know, in sort of typical Tony fashion, he, you know, he takes some of the, the blame for this on himself. If he'd been smarter, if he'd been faster, if he'd been more diligent in investigating this, he might have seen the Ultron pieces. He was the one who originally... In the 12.1 said, you know, eventually Ultron's going to get so smart that we're not going to even see him coming. And he's out there, and we know he's out there, and we have to be prepared for him. And in essence, he's the guy that that, that dropped the ball on this. Right. All right, moving a little ahead, uh, we have another Brian Michael Bendis favorite show up here. Mm -hmm. That is our original classic Nick Fury. Nick Fury. Hanging out Everybody that was asking, where's Nick Fury going to appear? Why there can't we is. have more Nick Fury? Yeah. Age of Ultron number five. And it seems like he's got a pretty big part here. He basically is the one who provides the tools that may be what gets everyone back on their feet. Um, I want to talk, I guess, in a little bit of a broader sense. It seems like whenever, when Brian's done Secret Invasion, when he's in some other books, he views Nick as being a central Marvel Universe character. Oh, for sure. Nick is, um, Nick is definitely a central Marvel U character. He's yeah. been, even though he hasn't really had a series or consistently had a series mm-hmm. uh, over the years, you know, as sort of the spy master general of the Marvel Universe, 
He's got you know hands and you know fingers in every crisis, sure. and you know eyes on things going on all over the world, and you know he's the guy that's planning ahead and 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 you know, sort of working from the shadows to make sure everything stays on track and and doesn't go off kilter. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's and he's ultimately a normal dude for all that he had Infinity Formula there for a good long while. Right. Um, you know, a normal dude doing that. Um, so he's a, he's a fairly grounded character for all that he kind of operates on this global scale, um, and he's just a fun character to, to to have in play, bouncing off all these other superheroes. He's got a cachet of goodies here that we're gonna get into a little more in the, the reader or listener <laughs> questions because they had all sorts of questions about that stuff. Uh oh. <laughs> but uh, I'm yeah. sure the answer. I'm sure the answer is uh, Brian just just felt like drawing it. <laughs> it may well be. We will see that. But I did want to ask that piece of kryptonite that was Brian Hitch. <laughs> I did want to ask. We cut away from the Savage Land briefly to show Austin, Texas, getting destroyed by Ultron robots. Apparently, it was holding out until then. It seemed like something of a. Let you take a look at it real quick. Yeah. It, it seemed like something of a. I don't want to say random scene, but it was definitely you know, uh, there were no major characters that we know in it. Uh, right. It's a different kind of location. So I was curious why why this scene was here. Was it just to again show what's going on in the world, or are we going to come back to this? Well, it's definitely to show that the the uh, sort of outreach of Ultron mm-hmm. uh, is continuing. That it's not a hundred percent global. Sure. Um, and that there are still pockets of people who don't even necessarily know the entire scale or scope of what's going on. Right. They know something's happened. They know that Washington isn't really there anymore. They know that 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 uh, uh, you know things have been disrupted, but they're not necessarily entirely in the loop on what's happening. And Ultron is continuing to expand his uh, reach yeah. uh, and uh, you know to decimate uh, normal human beings. Uh, frankly, I think. Uh, you know, these are probably the the first real non superhero human beings we've seen since mm-hmm. around issue number one. Yeah, and I think it's important to kind of give human context to you know the events of a series like this. It's very easy for us to just focus on a mob of superheroes fighting a mob of supervillains uh, about stuff that's just of concern to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and so you know, being able to reiterate and reinforce the stakes. Yeah. And the state of the world, and the fact that there are real, you know, human beings and and innocent people that our heroes are struggling to protect and defend and to save, is always, uh, you know, it's always a good thing to do. Um, the reason I had a look at that is yeah. that, you know, uh, originally, like you said, Austin, Texas, it took me right by surprise yeah. for a moment because I think when we originally scripted it. It was Detroit. I may oh, even right. I may even have made reference to it either on another podcast yeah. or interviews or somewhere. We'll see like, what's happening. Oh yeah, in we're gonna go in what's uh, Detroit. So no, we no, will I, not see Detroit. We're well, not gonna see Detroit. Detroit's gone. Yeah, Detroit became Austin. The, um, the, ever since the auto industry fell uh, in bad times, Ultron has nothing to do with it. He's he's out. <laughs> he doesn't even want. But to Austin, that's the place to it's be. It's on the rise. That's a that's a city on the rise. It also gives us another you know for now last great opportunity for another Brian Hitch double page destruction spread <laughs> which he does better than anybody yeah he's uh, he's really terrific at it yeah all right last thing before we move on to some listener questions uh and a huge thing because this is going to kind of propel us into the next part of the story is that at the end a group of heroes decide all right we're going to because they have a they have a time platform yep. they have the means of traveling through time captain america if they had that eight days ago they wouldn't have had to walk yeah. for eight days we wouldn't have had to take that page saying eight <laughs> days later <We'd> <laughs> another page of action <laughs> um, 
Meanwhile, in Austin, Texas. <laughs> they have the means of traveling, so they decide, Captain America, Iron Man, and a few others decide they're going to go forward in time and take the fight to Ultron. Yes. However, Wolverine has other ideas. Uh, he thinks the better way to resolve this is to go into the past and prevent Ultron from ever being created, and that means dealing with Hank Pym, yep. who created Ultron in the first place. Not everyone agrees with him, to say the least. Why does Wolverine make this choice? Why is this where his head goes? Well, I think you'll get a lot more insight into that, certainly in number six, mm -hmm. and especially in the Wolverine and the X-Men sure. uh, 27 AU issue. Yeah. I think it's 27. Yeah, it is 27. I just um, yeah, 27 that. AU. Uh, you know, we spend a lot of time with Wolverine, because it's a Wolverine comic, yep. uh, you know, getting into his head about you know what and why he needs to do this. I think Wolverine is the most pragmatic of the Marvel characters for good or ill. Sure. Um, and certainly, you know, even though they've got a bunch of guys, and now Iron Man has a slightly outdated suit of Iron Man armor, and they've, they've, they've you know, Cap's got a, a makeshift uh, you know, pho shield. photon shield. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're they're going to go into the future to fight Ultron on on his ground. Uh, you know, in his stronghold by by his rules, technically, you know, by every reasonable estimation, that's a worse fight than having yeah. to fight him here. Yeah, sure. Uh, and so there's definitely no, uh, 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 no no great likelihood that that's going to work out well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, whereas having the having the, the the time machine. And being able to go back and preventing Ultron from from being created in the first place, maybe that's a safer bet. Certainly, it's it's uh, you know much more of, of at least on paper uh, a scalpel cut, yeah, uh, and and perhaps something that Ultron wouldn't uh, wouldn't be as likely to be prepared for, right? Um, you know, presumably since uh, you know the Vision was his uh, uh, you know red meat puppet. Uh, he at least knows that something's up with, with Cage and She-Hulk and that there are still forces that are aligning against him out in the present-day world. So uh, presumably he's he's loaded for bear, but but taking him on in this indirect way may be a better way to go. Right. Um, you know, and it's again, it's the sort of thing that, uh, you know, <laughs> for, for again, for good or real, you know, Wolverine's solution to, to a lot of problems yeah. tends to be, let's just kill a dude. Yeah. So <laughs> if we could just kill a dude, that that would take care of it. Um, yeah, and we'll see more in issue number six, kind of where the cards fall. But, well, a lot of people oppose him. Does anyone really agree with Wolverine that maybe this is a good idea? Or I is think, that something we'll see moving forward? I think you'll, you'll definitely see about this in issue six. Okay. Um, you know, he, he, at, the end of, at the end of five, he pretty much holds up his claws yep. and there's a bunch of guys in the room. And anybody that's there can agree or disagree or try to stop him or try to go along with him. Uh, you know, or whatever, and so we have a whole whole other comic in right. just a day, yeah. in a day's time, right? That would uh, that would speak to this point. Okay, all right, very cool, and we have answered all that. Now we're going to get to you guys' questions. We saved some from the previous week, so we will for you be re-answering some questions. Okay, I'll, I'll, these will be better answers. I, I can imagine than the first time, more thoughtful and yeah. contemplative more, answers more because I've had time yep. to to really. Uh, I think about uh, uh, the questions and uh, get down to the, the nitty-gritty of what's being posed. Cool. So we've got that. We've got some mission number five ones. And again, you guys can always get us more questions by using the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvelAU, or OW, ow. Uh, on Twitter. And, and, we'll and you suck is not really a question. It has to be phrased. Oh, yeah. Why do you suck? Yep. 
That is a question. You can ask us How that. How much do you suck? How much do you suck is good also. That's a quantifier. Is also. <laughs> when did you start sucking? You know, you just, you know, put some effort into it. If we're going to answer your question, you need to work for yeah. it. All right. From at Forgot You Talked. Great name. Are we going to find out what happened to Wasp? Um, well, the Wasp is in upcoming issues. So mm-hmm. by extension of that, yes. Uh, you will uh, learn more about the Wasp and uh, what's going on with her and where she's at. Sure. So we will see the Wasp before Age of Ultron is over. Excellent. Uh, this was actually a question asked many different ways by many different people, but we will give the official credit to Bill AXT, and that is... How do you stand sucking so much? <laughs> We're going to get that next week now. I know. <laughs> it's like your boots self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy. Um, his question is... Will Deadpool make an appearance with an added, or is the mood too somber for, de- for Deadpool? I love, I love the fact that, yeah. the, that, that, that the, the quantifier the is, yeah. it could just be too serious a situation for, you don't want to for, Deadpool, for Deadpool. That would ruin it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as it turns out, I don't think there is any Deadpool to mm. be had in the ten issues, but I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that the story is too somber. No. It's just we didn't have, a, we didn't have a, an in for a Deadpool chapter. Sure. It's amazing. People really like... Really, really connected to Deadpool. I was yeah. talking in the the lamented oh. uh, fourth podcast that's not here anymore. Yes. The uh, Lost Podcast. The Lost Podcast. Uh, one of the things I do is the Marvel Age of Comics Tumblr page, mm-hmm. yes, which is all devoted to uh, you know, sort of like vintage Marvel artwork right. and and tchotchkes and behind the scenes stuff, whatever I, I can get my hands on. Right. And I am constantly bombarded. There's a you know, there's a, a function there where people can ask for whatever stuff they want to see. Do you have anything with this character or this artist or this whatever, anything from this story? And people are constantly asking for Deadpool stuff, despite the fact that it's pretty clear, like, like yeah. the focus of, of, of this thing is, by and large, really the vintage Marvel era. Right. Uh, and Deadpool didn't really come along until 1991, uh, so he's much of much more recent. I guess for most, for some people now today, he's, he's ninety one. That's a that's a twenty year character. That 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 guy's been around forever. Right. But you know, if, to to me, he's a he's a new guy. He 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 was created after I started working here. Sure. So, uh, you know, <laughs> that's the line of demarcation. Right. Real it's... comics were published before, before. nineteen eighty nine. Oh. Before and, you started working, here. and everything since 1989 has just been you know stuff that we made up. It's like it's like when I hear Guns N' Roses on a classic rock station, <laughs> and it just doesn't make sense to me. That's Deadpool showing up on your uh, Tumblr. Yeah, that's what I will forever associate it with. All right, your answer. Uh, Zevlak wants to know how did Cap Shield break? Because as we know, when it started, Age of Ultron started. Cap Shield was in horrible shape. It was As splinters, basically. Well, again, we've seen Cap Shield break on a couple of other occasions. Yep. I assume that that Ultron hit it really, really hard, hard, or hit yeah. it with something really, really big <laughs> to uh, to uh, shatter it. I mean, once upon a time, it never broke. But when was the first time it broke? Was it during the, uh, well, it, uh, Heroes Return stuff? No, it's probably the it's one probably. everyone remembers is Secret Wars. Oh, yeah. Not everyone remembers the Secret okay. Wars. There have been a couple of stories before that. There was a there was a Molecule Man story where the Molecule okay. Man like took it apart, but the the one everybody remembers is in Secret Wars where it got shattered, and then you know Cap ran oh, around yeah. with it with like the crack yeah. in it, and at the very end he kind of like wheels it back together. 
See, I, re- I remember Mr. Hyde breaking in, him having to get the photon shield, which he uses yeah. in this issue. Yeah. Um, but, but I forgot uh, about Secret Wars. Yeah, yeah. Secret Wars is really the, the, the one that I think people really sure. remember. Sure, that's an iconic um, one. But it's, it's the sort of thing where, uh, you know, first you, you start with something that's, that's, uh, 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 that's like a fact. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can't break Cap's shield. Nobody can lift Thor's hammer. Like, so this then, is of course, thing. everyone is And then eventually doing. somebody does it once. Yep. Here's the one special time. Somebody's so strong, they break Cap's shield. Somebody's so worthy, they lift Thor's hammer. And then after that, that's like you, you've opened the floodgates. Yep. And everybody suddenly, well, if he can do it, certainly yeah. I can do it. Uh, and, you know, if you're not careful, it gets to the point where... Whatever that original fact was, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. You know, you can only lift Thor's hammer if you're worthy, or you're one of these ninety-two guys. Yeah. yeah. So from it's, there, it's kind <laughs> of like diminishing college standards. You yeah. know, <laughs> your transcript doesn't need to be that good anymore to lift Thor's hammer or to break Cap's shield. I always like when we veer into something like that on this podcast, <laughs> complaining about the state of the educational system in this country. <laughs> All right, along similar lines, but uh, different characters. We need to get standardized testing scores up. Yeah, that's what Age Stay of Ultron. Stay in school, kids. That's what Age of Ultron's all about. <laughs> that's this it. is what's hap- This is what's going to come if you don't, you know. The robots will GPA. win if yeah. you don't get smarter. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Brent Gibbons wants to know how exactly did Ultron kill the Hulk? Because it was my understanding that the Hulk is pretty hard to kill. I bet he hit him with Cap Shield. Yeah, there you go. Marie, that's how Cap <laughs> Repeatedly, Shield broke. again and again, I until bet, he was dead. I bet he threw Hulk into Cap Shield, Maybe. breaking Cap Shield, and then uh, hit him with Thor's hammer, which he was able to pick up. Right. Because... He was on the list. He's on the list. <laughs> Let me check the list. Ultron. Yep, there you go. All right. I'll wait with you. We're going into the, uh, as promised, the uh, Furies, Furies cachet questions. Okay. Uh, Alien Princess, regular listener and asker of questions... Wants to know, was that a spare helmet of Magneto in Fury Stash, or is Magneto dead? Uh, well, you could think. I mean, uh, we've seen enough Magneto helmets over the years. Sure. He's had a couple of different uh, costumes and things, but yeah, he's he's probably dead. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we haven't seen him. Then you would and, think he'd be around. Yeah, so. and and his powers aren't really working quite right. Yeah. Anyway, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. While he might have been useful against sure. Ultron in other metal, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, not if his his uh, his juice isn't quite flowing. Well, out. you'd also imagine even if Ultron's if Ultron's not aware of his power situation or if he thinks it might come back, that might be one of the first guys Ultron takes out. Yeah, because he could certainly mess with him. So, uh, not looking that. good for Magneto, Alien Princess. Uh, most likely a spare helmet, and he's hung out in the Savage Land before. Yeah, there's certainly one sitting around that Fury <laughs> probably picked up. Now that you've said that, I've just decided that, that, that's, that, that that's, that's an old, the explanation. He's in an old that that's an old Magneto base that, that Fury he, took bet over. You could find an old X Men comic where he loses his helmet and yep. flies off without picking it up. Yep. Um, I'm sure we have time to look that up later. That'll that'll be the base from X Men nice. sixty three. Beautiful, which people can now look up. <laughs> Probably available on the on the Marvel, Marvel app. Unlimited in the Marvel Comics app. Yep. You can see the official prelude to Age of Ultron. <laughs> All right, Ari Boone would like to know. What happened to all the heroes under Central Park in Book 2 that have suddenly disappeared, especially Iron Fist? Because not all, yeah, not everyone we saw in Issue 2 has not, made it to the Savage Land. Yes, not everybody seems to have come either, yep. and there's an either here. Either some of them stayed behind to mm-hmm. help, uh, you know, to defend and, and uh, maintain whatever is left of Manhattan, 
or they may have fallen along the sure. way. It was a long eight days this getting from New York yep. to uh, Antarctica through uh, heavily occupied Ultron territory. Or even um, waiting to get the info from, from Luke and She-Hulk. You know, this is not the safest place. Anyone, anyone can fall at any time. So true. may or may not see those characters again. That is true. Uh, keep, a, keep an eye out for Iron Fist. Keep the light on for him. <laughs> All right, from Jeff Velade, hope I'm pronouncing that right, I'm assuming I'm not. Will there be any reference to, and I've seen this other places, will there be any reference to Ultron's involvement with the Phalanx years back? I love the cosmic Marvel stuff. That was a, that was a good story, the Annihilation mm-hmm. Conquest. Mm-hmm. Um, there was reference to it when he came back yes. in, the, in the prelude in the 12.1, yeah. that uh, the Space Knight body that uh, right, uh, the, that uh, the Intelligentsia were... were uh, all contending over actually contained Ultron's essence, and he recorporated himself on Earth from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think really that's the only tangible connection to sure. that story in the Age of Ultron. Been, the circle's been closed pretty much. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's come back from space. He's no longer you know out among the stars. Uh, all those events you know occurred and are yeah. part of his growth and evolution. But uh, uh, I don't think we're going to see the phalanx or any of that stuff over yeah. the next five. I, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure we're not going to. You would know for sure if we're going to see them or not. But yeah, that, that's another great story. You guys can go back and look. And actually, somewhat connected is our next question, which is another Nick Fury cachet question. All but right. also moves back to the Cosmic Marvel stuff. It's from Centuri- Centurion Joe. So guys, follow me here. Okay. Okay. Rich Rider is alive. How? Because Ultron killed him. Okay. Maybe I'm grasping at straws. But Fury had a so wait, wait, no, 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 let's just stop right there. Right. Rich Rider is alive because well, Ultron was. killed him. He what? What he's saying is, <laughs> isn't that here? He's saying <laughs> Fury had a gold helmet, and I don't recall what other Nova he could have taken it from. So what Centurion Joe is saying in the current books that we've read, the new Nova, the new Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy, Rich Rider is presumed missing, possibly dead. Right. He is saying he has to come back at some point so that Ultron can kill him, so that Nick Fury can get his helmet. Well, that is possible. Yeah. On the other hand, there was a core of like <laughs> hundreds, if not yes, thousands, I they all had the of same Novas, <laughs> all of whom you know had the gold dome helmets, yeah. uh, and that could have been the helmet of just about anybody. Right. Or it could have been a you know a bit of detritus that uh, that yeah. came back out of the cancerverse, whenever and however Drax and uh, and Star Lord made their way back. Thanos made their way back out. Yeah. Maybe Thanos brought it with him to use as a uh, like a planter. Or, or again, it could be just like with the Magneto helmet, you know, Rich Rider. I remember particularly yep. back in his New Warriors days, they fought in Manhattan all the time, big dusts up with Terrax and whatnot. Yep. Certainly could have left one along the way that Nick Fury picked up. I'm or, do... or they could be exactly right. But again, yeah. to, to me, the fun part of this is Nova is alive. Nova's alive because he's, he's dead. dead. That is great. I will agree with that. Nova's alive because he's dead. I am now going to start writing my pitch for a one shot that's just Nick Fury collecting spare helmets <laughs> where I can look for actual moments in Marvel history. It's those quiet times in yeah. between assignments where he puts them on and like checks himself out in right? the mirror. This could work. This is it. This oh, is right. it. The eye patch doesn't doesn't work with this look. But there you go. There's your answer, Joe. But a good, Something, but yeah. a good theory. Yeah, very interesting. I like, I like the hustle spot. and good, yeah, a good spotting of that uh, prop. Okay, this uh, picks up right where we just left off at the end of the issue, and this is from Carlo M. If Hank Pym simply dies before he makes Ultron, which is Wolverine's plan, right? 
what Marvel events would have a drastically different outcome? And uh, certainly this is something that will probably be talked about and explored in right. different issues. I would think a huge swath of Marvel history right. would would be catastrophically different right. if Hank was uh, killed before he created Ultron. That right. would have been around 1966, 1967. Sure. And it's also, if Ultron's not around, Vision's not around. Right. From, from, from Ultron, you get the Vision, so there's no Vision Scarlet Witch marriage or right. wedding or courtship. Um, Which, of course, leads at some point to Avengers Disassembled. Right. All, all, so does you know, that happen? All of, the, all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, all the big Vision storylines don't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, all the stories that Hank was involved in, things like right. the Kree Scroll War would be oh, yeah. completely different because Hank and the Vision wouldn't be there. Right. Um, you know, literally the course of almost every story from that point on, mm-hmm. because they're so they're they're, they're at, both those characters, Hank and the Vision, are such a crux point right. of the Marvel universe, would have played out completely differently, um, and uh, uh, you know we'd be reading very different comics right now. Yeah, and who knows how the Avengers would have been affected, uh, how Wasp would have been affected. She'd have been great. <laughs> she'd be fine. Best thing that could have happened to her. Hank Pym's taken out early. Wow. We're going to hear from the Hank fans yeah, over, over on, that. Way to tug on that string, Tom. We'll see what happens stay, there. Stay in school, Hank fans. <laughs> <laughs> Only your test scores can save yeah. Hank now. But, yeah, certainly. that's. Uh, I would imagine that's something we we're going to we're going to see at least talked about in the next few issues. Oh, for sure. Um, for certain. All right, and last up, this is from uh, number four. You've already answered this, but I had to say it for last. This is a very <laughs> special question. Designed specifically for you, tying back to so much of what we've already covered in our many it's podcasts. It's like the Hank and Vision of, of qu- podcast questions. Yeah, it's just key. Yeah, things keep coming back around. Chris Vaughn, who says, So, Thor is dead, as we established in our first podcast very solidly. Okay, what happened to his boots? I so want the answer to be 10 speed and brown shoe. I want the answer to be. <laughs> That's a great. That's a great answer. Number one. But if Thor's boots, because when you answered it last time, I forget what you answered because um, it caught you so off guard. Mm-hmm. But if in this issue Thor's boots had been in Nick Fury's closet of fun, yeah, then it would have just been full circle altogether. Maybe they are. Yeah, scrutinize those so panels go, closely. Yeah. Or yeah, they could just be in a lost cavern. Yeah, Nick's, Nick's got his uh, you know, footwear fetish uh, yeah. closet in the back. He doesn't let the heroes know about that. The helmets are okay. Uh, I'm telling but his collection of boots, not I'm so. I'm telling you, Nick Fury going event to event, town to town, collecting superhero items of clothing <laughs> that have been lost in battles is money in the bank. Um, <laughs> Here's all the knee pads. Yeah. That, oh, just the closet. Yeah. And that's, that's Need a, a glove? Yep. Nick Fury clothing dealer to the to the Marvel <laughs> Universe. He he's just got, said he's never had an ongoing series. He's got to go. he's got to do something now that he's not running Shield. So exactly, I think, this is his this is his calling now. I think uh, we may have made history today. All right, this week in Marvel. Well, Tom, well done. Thank you so much. Uh, hopefully, this recorded. <laughs> it recorded. It's looking good. Yeah. All right. Okay. Fantastic. Then we're gonna quit over ahead. Uh, thank you so much for joining us and your time. We are going to be back next week, maybe with a guest. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not have as much luck getting <laughs> we'll Maybe we'll months. record it. Maybe yep. we won't. Maybe you'll listen to it. You never, maybe you won't. You never know what's going to happen. It's very uncertain. The, the, the age of Ultron experience, yeah. it's very tentative. We don't know what's going to happen. important thing is to stay in school. That's it. Stay in school. Everything's going to work out. Get All right, those thank test you. scores up. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This is Marvel, your universe.